Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Dave Tarnowski, creator of the Instagram accounts, Nick Cave and the Bad Memes and Sad Peaks. And I'm the host of The Sad Bastard, a podcast that delves into relationships, heartbreak, mental health issues, mental health issues that stem from relationships and heartbreak and pretty much everything else that makes up a sad bastard. Join me every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else podcasts live. Welcome to Never Meet Your Idols, a podcast where your idols get real, whether you whether like, you like it, it or not. not. Welcome to season two of Never Meet Your Idols. And today we have on Mark Lanigan. It's a good first season two yeah. guest premiere. Amazing guest. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. His voice is like one of my favorite voices. Ever. It's so distinctive, too. Yeah. Nothing quite like it. No, there's nothing quite like it. He's kind of like the guest that I think I've had the most messages about just because I think he's such a cult kind of artist that so many people. Well, that's I mean, it is interesting because relatively speaking, he's not like the most famous guest, yeah. but we've had more questions for him by far than any guest we've had on. Totally. I think it's because he has like a really strong niche following, you know, like very loyal, devoted um following and it's really cool to see um an artist like him have such a loyal following completely I feel like he's quite um he's a real well he's not quite he's a really inspiring uh, musician because he's always collaborating with different people and I think that not many artists do that so much you know he's done so many different records of like Isabel Campbell like he did that PG Harvey record yeah, um, love and then he's guesting on Queens he's done like other bands like the Gutter Twins and yeah he's just sort of like a true musician in, in every way it's cool when a musician is so open to so many different things you know without having too much of an ego where it's like no it has to be my show all the time you know yeah and he, he agreed to come on to our show so I know <laughs> something must be wrong with him <laughs> no um I'm excited. And we also have a really great guest for next episode um, airing in two weeks. And that's Jeff. Jeff Barrow of Beak and Portishead. And he's a great composer too. He's scored 
so many things, so many TV shows and so many huge movies. So um, I'm really excited for that. And we also are gonna start doing this thing called, it's a, through an app called Stereo. And it's a new app um, for podcasters, but it's basically you sign on and follow us on this app. Um, and we both have our own profiles. Mine is, what's mine? I think it's just my name and yours is your name too. Yeah. I don't know. We'll link it in all of our stuff. <laughs> we're terrible at this. We'll link it in all of our stuff, but basically we're going to start doing um, off the cuff, off the record, live conversations um, where you guys basically get to eavesdrop into our conversations and hear us um, share our thoughts about what we really think about the guests we have on. <laughs> <laughs> just recaps of the episodes and also just conversation. And um, you guys can sign in and listen live and submit questions. So we're going to start doing that soon. So follow us on Stereo, on the Stereo app. Um, okay, he's here. He's here. Do, do, do. Here's your idol, Mark Lanigan. Hi. Hi. How's it going? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having us onto your computer screen. Likewise. It's actually my iPad screen, but who's counting? Exactly. It's a screen. <laughs> um, how are you? What's going on? What's uh, what's your late? What's your current status? Um, it's, uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> status of my marital status. My, sure, um, that's a good starting point. Let's get hi. down and dirty real fast. Right here. I'm, <laughs> hi. That's my wife. Hi. <laughs> I'm Coray. This is Laura. Hi. I'm sure you're not easy to be married to. I mean, nobody's really easy to be married to, but. <laughs> what are you, what are you trying know, to what say? What does your wife have to say about that? Are, are you easy <laughs> to be married to? Right. She just laughed. Exactly. She just no laughed. Um, well, are you guys in Ireland now? Is that where you're living? Yes. Why? Well, because Ireland was the only place that would take us when we left the U.S. So, um, what part of what what um, area of Ireland are you in? What part of Ireland? We're in uh, County Kerry. Oh, lovely! Southwest Ireland. Yeah, I've been there many times. How do you like it? Like it a lot. Great. Why did you decide to leave the U.S.? That was recent, right? Like last year. Yeah, I think we left in August. Um, just didn't want to be in, didn't want to be in the States any longer. I mean, I feel I'd wanted to move for a long time since most of my work is over here anyway. It just made sense. Um, what do you think the biggest difference is in terms of living? Like what, what's a marked difference of living in the U.S. versus living in Ireland now? Well, after 24 years in Los Angeles, it's, uh, been a bit of an adjustment with the weather that would be the main thing as far as I'm concerned but you know good change of pace one place is the same well, as the other different versions of the same thing I guess I came to Los Angeles from Seattle and couldn't take the weather there but you know when it's when it's hot year-round it's the same as when it's rainy year-round it's just Eventually it gets to yeah. you. 
I also think there's a weird kind of thing that happens in LA. I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. And I feel like time just kind of, it's this weird time warp because there are no seasons. So you kind of lose track of time. All of a sudden yeah. it's been 10 years and it's been 75 degrees and sunny the entire time. And it's just, um, it's kind of a mind fuck to not have the seasonal changes that mark the time that passes through the year, but I don't know. So we were just talking about how we got more questions for you from fans than any other guests we've had on so far. Yeah, we have so many, but we start the podcast with a question that we ask every guest. And that is about um, your idol. If you have one, if you grew up having an idol or someone that you looked up to. Um, so have you um, met your idol? And if so, what were they like? I've had a lot of people that I looked up to and have met a lot of them, but really the only legitimate hero I ever had was Jeffrey Lee Pierce of the Gun Club. And I did meet him and uh, became really good friends with him for, I think, the last six years of his life. It was a positive experience. It wasn't like a total letdown. Well, I've met some guys that I was, you know, a huge fan of, and it was a bit of a letdown. But it wasn't with him. It was the exact opposite. Well, it's kind of, I guess, when we've talked to other guests about meeting their idols and when they've had good experiences, it's kind of a relief rather than looking up to somebody and then meeting them and they're total dicks. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> awesome. Um, so I guess it's kind of nice that you were able to even form a friendship with somebody you looked up to or respected. Yeah, it was unexpected and um, had a huge impact on me. Taught me a lot about songwriting and cooking Mexican food. <laughs> I'm sure the only Mexican food you could get in Ireland is the food you cook. Well, my wife is part Mexican, so she's the one who does the cooking. Oh, there you Lucky. go. <clears throat> we have a few questions that we'll ask you and then talk about your book that you put out last year, Sing Backwards and Weep. And I know that you have a new poetry book, um, was it called Leaving California, that comes out next month? Is that right? Yeah. Have you always been like a writer or was writing a book for you something that was totally out? I mean, obviously you're a great lyricist and your poetry, et cetera. But I know that writing a book like a memoir um, is totally, it's a different endeavor. Um, yeah. Did it come naturally or was it like? No, it was like climbing Everest naked. It was completely outside my room nearly impossible I, I thought it yeah. would be impossible when I started and um, I'm actually in the process of writing another book right now and I just realized what I hate so much about doing it it's not like it's not like songwriting it's not like writing poetry it's a whole different deal and it's not very much fun as far as I'm concerned but boohoo I get to write a book <laughs> um do you think that for you writing something like a memoir it's having the part of the challenge is having to follow a storyline or like answer questions that you'd rather just leave open-ended well yeah I mean songwriting is to me about mystery and not saying you know anything 
blatantly, um, but a memoir by by nature is a it's just a fucking pain in the ass because you have to not only have that storyline from start to finish, but you also you know got to supposedly make it interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I succeeded in that, but yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's just a it's a huge fucking under, undertaking. And right now, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to write a novel and that's, I thought it would be easier because I wasn't actually writing about myself per se. And it's just, as, it's just as fucked. It's, it's really the hardest, it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I'm not really built for it, but I guess that's what I'm doing. But that's amazing to take on a challenge to keep kind of keep yourself challenged and keep growing in some way. Um, so this is a novel fiction. Is it how far into it are you? Um, <laughs> 20,000 words into a rough draft. I only have to go about 40,000 more words. There you go. I put it, put it, I put it away the last couple of weeks. It's yeah. I don't know. It'll probably end up being something totally different than what it is now. I think, I mean, I haven't finished Sing Backwards and Weep. Um, I was just actually skimming it, read certain excerpts, trying to prepare for this interview. And I actually was really impressed to stroke your ego a little um, because I feel like a lot of memoirs are so navel gazy where it's almost nauseating and <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, and I don't know if it's just because how you, you you're brutally honest and self-deprecating and um, there's something refreshing coming from somebody who, you know, usually see people who are quote unquote famous um, and whenever they write memoirs, it's just like, so, I mean, of course it's about themselves, it's a memoir, but it's just, you want to roll your eyes, you know? Um, and for something that's so navel-gazy, you've made it seem as um, like the least egotistical, I think, well, possible. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, it was something that I resisted yeah. doing for a long time. Yeah. And a friend of mine who was a uh, best-selling author told me that uh, for it to be anything other than just a shitty rock bio, which... I wasn't going to do, I would have to uh, find a level of honesty that I'd be uncomfortable with. And I took right to that. So I just let it all hang out. Well, I think that's really admirable and brave and cool. And I'm inspired by it. And um, are there, since you're writing a novel now, do you have um, an author who you are inspired by or Who's your favorite writer? We did get a fan question actually submitted by somebody. And I didn't, I don't know if this is because you're a Cormac McCarthy fan or what it is, why he asked this, but he asked to ask you um, what's more bleak, Blood Meridian or The Road. And I didn't, I don't know, does is that relevant to you? Are you a Cormac McCarthy fan? Do you know what he's talking about? Yeah, Blood Meridian's one of the best books ever ever written, I think. I have um, a Blood Meridian tattoo. Nice. Blood Meridian uh, is my favorite book. 
it's my favorite book as well. I think that the road is a hundred times bleaker. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. It was interesting because the road made it into like Oprah's book club, like oh. 15 years ago or something. I remember hearing that or yeah, I remember like seeing the, like they had, they were printing the road and in the front, it was like Oprah's book club <laughs> emblem. And I was like, really? Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> so weird, but, but Blood Meridian, <laughs> um, I had a book club about 15 years ago here in LA and when it was my turn to suggest a book, I suggested Blood Meridian. And I think all the other girls got, we got, we met up and the last meeting for the book club, everyone basically quit because they got to the tree of dead babies and they were like, fuck off. We don't want to be in this book club anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last of book club. <laughs> no more book club when it came to the tree of dead babies. Um, anyway. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know who Jeremiah Green is, but he is um, the drummer in Modest Mouse. And he, we had him on last season, submitted a question for you. I just thought it was really cool. We've never had that happen before. We're like a past guest submitted a question for another guest. So yeah, that made me feel warm and fuzzy. His question was, does Mark remember living with Phil Eck on Finney Ridge? Any connections to Eastern Washington anymore? He might be the guy who I moved into his room after he moved out of it. Is he the original drummer, Modest Mouse? Yeah, he is. So you lived, you moved into Jeremiah's room when he moved out? Yes, exactly. Wow. What a small world. Okay, this is just like a light, lighter question. Um, so what is your favorite film? And um, would you consider having a documentary made about you? I guess it would depend on who was making it. God, whenever somebody asks me what my favorite anything is, I immediately go blank. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or do you have a favorite <laughs> film that would maybe like surprise people? Yeah. Like, are you a big fan of like the Mission Impossible the series or something that like, you know, hangover <laughs> i actually had a song uh in the credits of the hangover three which is probably the worst one of them no way yeah <laughs> that is i did not know that and i i was paid like two thousand bucks to record it and then last year when there was no work for anybody they used that same song in a vw commercial and I didn't realize somehow I ended up owning the master of it. And I got a shitload. You like of made more money than ever. I did. Yeah. <laughs> off that song. Handy. Wow. But that's not your favorite movie. The Hangovers aren't your favorite movies. No, I'm not a fan of that series. Um, I saw the first one part of it, I think. And that was enough. Um, yeah. Comedy is a funny thing. No pun intended. Sometimes you'd hope. Yeah. Um, do you, are there any kind of silly movies or silly surprising movies that you think people would be surprised by that you'd like, that you're a fan of? No, but they might be surprised that I'm so senile. I can't even think of one movie right now. <laughs> would you want to be part of that process? If somebody cool decided to make a documentary about you, would you just like, would it, would you want to have control or would it just be like, I'm going to live my life and you figure it out? 
if you'd asked me this question 15, 20 years ago, I would have said definitely no. But nowadays I say yes to just about everything because. Yeah. Hence you being on this show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I've, um, I've learned to, to say yes to anything that I'm able to do just because every good thing that's happened to me has been a result of basically just saying yes to things. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. I think that's a cool way of thinking about it. I started to feel like that too recently. Just anytime anything that's come of something is, yeah, taking a bit of a risk and just going with it, just saying yes to stuff. I think when you're younger, like, especially just being, I know Laura and I just being in like punk inspired and like being in rock bands at a young age, you kind of have this stubbornness and hardheadedness and you're just like, it's my way or the highway and this is how it is. And you kind of naysay more. Mm. And then as you get older, you learn to be more open to things. And I was just gonna say, I, I said no to just about everything for 15, 20 years, but I think it was um, due to insecurity. You know, I, I wasn't sure if I was, well, for one thing, I didn't like getting on stage. And if it had something to do with that, then I almost always said no, but, uh, said no to a lot of stuff that probably shouldn't have um, that's something that comes with age when you get comfortable in your own skin yeah. and at least it did for me got used to saying yes and then good things started happening we laura and i before you signed on we were talking about how you've collaborated like done so many collaborations and is that part of just being that like openness of just saying yes and being down to work with variety of different people yeah I, I say yes to everything that I think that I can do to my own satisfaction and to whoever I'm doing it for to their satisfaction um and if I if I have the time to do it I'll always say yes and it doesn't matter who it is it can be somebody famous or somebody who is just starting out doesn't really matter as long as I think I can do it, I'll do it. And I always say yes to things that I think are outside my comfort zone, but I perceive yeah. to be outside my comfort zone. That's what I get off on. That's really cool. Um, actually, I had a question for you about um, PJ Harvey is like both our idols. And um, we love that. I mean, I love the bubblegum record that you did with her. And I just wondered what it was like to work with her and how that came about. Well, I was on tour with her in Australia and um, asked her if she wanted to, I was in the process of making that record and I knew she was going to be in Los Angeles when we got done and I asked her if she wanted to sing on a couple songs and she just asked to see the lyrics that was all <laughs> and I gave her the lyrics and she said yes um, you know, she's the greatest she's uh, she's also um been really supportive of, of me over the years. Um, you know, send me a text. She saw this show or loves my new record. And um, she's, uh, you know, even though I'm older than her, <laughs> I, I, I look up to her as well. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that record, I love it so much. Um, I really, I think you guys work, like your voices sound so good together. Um, but yeah, I, I'm such a fan of that record and 
that's really cool to know that she's great. She's the best. Yeah, that's good to hear because we both are, she's probably like our joint idol. Yeah. So, and she just seems awesome, but you never know. So it's cool to hear that she is. And I like how she asked what the lyrics were. That was the first thing she asked. Yeah. That was, that was all she asked for. That's, that's so great. Um, let's ask some more fan questions. This Claire asks, I have dreams that we hang out and talk about art. Do you like art? Who's your favorite artist? She also includes her cell phone number. <laughs> should we call her? <laughs> yeah, should we call her? Um, I probably don't want to talk to her, but um, you guys go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no offense, Claire. I don't think she wants to hear from us. Um, I, I never really noticed art until, I mean, I would get juxtaposed magazines to try and get ideas for artwork for album covers and shit. But I just have always classically had the worst album covers of all time and um, no eye for art. <clears throat> but I was, I think, fuck, nine, 10 years ago, I saw um, Cleon Peterson's work in there. And um, that was really my first connection to art was seeing his, his work. And then I became friends with him, another one of my heroes I became friends with. And uh, he's, he's my favorite. I also like Richard Coleman's early work. Um, these are contemporary artists, by the way. Um, cool. I like quite a few guys. I do a bit of drawing myself. So does Laura. What kind of like just illustration or? No, I've been uh, doing charcoal and canvases lately. Oh, wow. That's all I've been doing really. Oh. That's all I've been interested in. In fact, I'm sitting in a room packed with them right now. Do you think you could use some like a drawing of yours for album art or book art now? Uh, Wes wanted to use one for a book cover, but I told them I'd stolen it from Richard Coleman, so I couldn't really use that one. <laughs> um, Rich asks, is there a single or album that you're most proud of? I like Blue's Funeral. It's probably my favorite record oh, I love it. that I've done. Just because I hadn't really made a record of my own for almost 10 years, I think, when I made that one. It was the only record that uh, I started with no songs, I wrote the first one while it was being recorded. I wrote the second one almost in order and just enough songs for the record. And uh, it's it's my favorite record that I've ever done. It might be because of the experience of it was, uh, it was really easy and fun. I tend to think of the records I'm most uh, fond of, the experience of making them, not really the... Uh, result what are your plans for music now do you have i know it's like such a weird time too because touring etc like all musicians are trying to figure that out but do you have tentative plans yeah i have plans to make a record this year i also have two other records i'm working on collaborative things um, i also have a record i'm making with my wife I always have music, oh, very cool. but honestly, I'm not too interested in music right at the moment. That's not uh, 
Sounds it's like on my priority list right now. Do you want to get back to touring? Is that something you're missing? I'm definitely missing the income because that's the only way I make money, really, is live shows yeah. and, you know, the merchandise we sell at them. Oh, so, I'm feeling um, you. <laughs> and plus, I just, I'm, I'm starting to feel the uh, sort of the drag of time right now. I've been traveling for 30 years and I don't really want to stop. I, I do better when I'm moving. It comes, it's like, that's what's normal is constantly moving. And then when you aren't moving, it leaves you too much time to think about everything else. Indeed. When it comes to going back to the book real quick, since this show is Never Meet Your Idols and we try to get our guests to just be as real as possible and kind of take them down from that pedestal of people idolizing them. You write a lot about your experiences in your memoir. And of course, those experiences have a lot to do with famous people. So I was just wondering how it affected you to be talking about really personal, heartbreaking, a lot of heartbreaking experiences with people who you were close with, who were true friends, but who are also people's idols you know, like Kurt Cobain, for instance, you know, and other people who see these people as icons, you see them as very real people in your life who you had real relationships with. Is it hard to do interviews and talk about these quote unquote famous people who were just your friends? Well, I, I didn't do any uh, interviews, not, not only about the book, but about that period of time, since that period of time. I never participated in any book writing or on any anniversary when Rolling Stone would call. I never had a quote, mainly because, I mean, it, it was a fairly painful time for me. And also because I wanted to have a career in music and I didn't want yeah. to be thought of as, you know, this, well, as this failed drug addict grunge singer, you know, I wanted to uh, transcend it. And I knew that if I talked about it, it would continuously put me in that time frame so I never talked about it and then uh, I wrote the book and told everything but it was my story and those guys were part of it you know a big part of my story yeah. and I couldn't really think about uh, you know how the general public saw them or or me or any of that shit you know I just like I said I laid it out on the line and then I didn't do any interviews about the book so this is really the first time I'm being asked questions about it. Um, I didn't do any interviews about the book because the book says it, you know, it's, and it says what I didn't say for 25 years. Speaks for itself. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. So um, this is the rants and rave section. Rants and so something that you're really loving right now or is there something that is really bumming you out no pressure <laughs> no pressure <laughs> no pressure make it good i mean I'm, I'm over i think what everybody else is over this whole you know viral situation is um starting to wear on me and everybody else. The thing I'm into most right now is a record by Pharaoh Overlord. I don't know if you guys have heard that, but it's, nice. it's the shit. It's like, uh, it's like old school disco with death metal vocals. 
that's the best way I can describe it. It's so badass. Cool. I would highly suggest everybody get it. Very cool. Thanks so much. Sorry, I couldn't be more real with you guys. Were you not being real? It seemed like you were being pretty real. Was that the fake you? <laughs> we're going to coin you the Patrick Swayze of rock and roll, by the way. <laughs> um, nice. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for coming on the show and talking with us. My pleasure. Thanks for thinking of me. Take care. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Never Meet Your Idols. Join us next time when we welcome Jeff Barrow. To submit questions for us or our guests, email us at nevermeetyouridols at gmail.com. Or send us a message or voice memo on Instagram at nevermeetyouridolspodcast. Until next time, I'm Karay. And I'm Laura Mary. See, See you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday.